Should you be buying your next property investment in a capital city or should you go regionally? In this video, I wanna discuss some of the pros and cons of going for either the capital city or the regional property. And I'm also gonna break down exactly what's been happening in the market over the last 12 months in relation to these two subsectors and how that all plays out in the 18.6 year cycle. If you're interested in my thoughts, then definitely keep watching. Hey guys, my name's Ravi and welcome back to Personal Finance with Ravi Sharma. If you're new here, smash that subscribe button because I talk about real estate, cryptocurrency and financial freedom. When it comes to Australian real estate, it's all about location. Now I would go on to argue that location is one thing, asset selection is another thing and overall the macroeconomic factors really do play a part. Because as we can see right now, as interest rates have increased, you've seen other things pop up like rents going through the roof because people can't afford to buy. You've also got other factors like people can't actually afford to build a new home and then we've got other factors outside of Australia which also affect how a property is built because now materials are so much higher than they were only five years ago. So let's start off by looking at a macro view of how Australian house prices have performed when it comes to regional properties and capital city. Now, yes, previously on this channel, I've gone on to say that yes, regional properties are so amazing. In this video, I want you to keep an open mind as I am when we go through the data because the data is what drives us at the end of the day. When we can match up the data and the emotions, that's how we can outperform the entire market. So when we're looking at the last 12 or 13 years, we can see year on year change in dwelling prices. Now in this red color, we've got capital cities or dwellings and regional areas or dwellings. A couple of things to understand, this includes units and houses. So it's not just houses, we're looking at both. And what you can see is they tracked fairly similarly in all of 2011, 2012, and then we saw a bigger divergence here. And in 2012, we can see that capital cities definitely outperformed regional properties. But what we can start seeing is that as soon as we got into 2017, 2018, when we did start seeing those changes from APRA being introduced, we saw capital city properties really experience some downfall. When you compare that to regional properties, you can see that yes, although we did see a slowdown, we actually didn't see negative prices. In some areas, you're gonna see negative prices, but when you average it all out, we had regional properties sort of maintain its base, whereas at the same time, capital cities had dropped by as much as seven to 8%. Now what followed 2019 was such a great time if you were in assets, which is this absolute mammoth of a boom. And what we can see is that yes, from the lows, capital cities did bounce quite well, but overall, when you see the height of growth, capital cities grew by about 23%, whereas regional properties actually grew by almost 30%. And then obviously since then, we've had the interest rates go higher. Lending credit has definitely slowed down. And what we've seen is prices actually retrace quite a bit. And for regional properties being down about almost 2%, whereas with capital cities being down between four and 7%. We know areas like Sydney experience about a 7% drop. And now we've started seeing that upswing already. And yes, we usually see the bounce being harder from a capital city perspective, but the peaks are high on regional properties. This is what the graph is saying. And when we see the troughs, the troughs are much lower on capital city properties. So taking a completely unbiased view on this, we can see that every time we've had a slowdown in the Australian economy, when it comes to housing prices, regional properties have pretty much maintained their base or lose very little when it comes to pricing. When it comes to capital cities, we're seeing more volatility to the downside. And that makes sense because the average price to get into a capital city is much, much higher than it is for regional properties. So when you do have changes in credit, when it comes to interest rates or when it comes to APRA stepping in, you're gonna see the prices pull back a lot more during those periods of time. What we really want to see is how do we maintain properties and our asset portfolio over 30, 40, and 50 years? If you're someone that's going to get scared because over the last 12 or 13 years, property prices dropped three years, then you're definitely not in this for the long haul and real estate investing is probably not for you. You need to be able to weather the storms and that's why it's important that when you go out there, you have the right strategy to not only weather the storm when cash flow is really tight, but also how do you actually build your positions when those markets are moving? Are you moving from one market to another market? Are you taking 
taking the equity out and doing something with it, or you just simply sitting on your hands. Now, yes, you could just sit on your hands and hope for the best after 30 years, but the real reason you're here is because you don't just want to retire. You want to retire early and you want to have financial freedom a lot earlier. So if you're someone like that, but you need a kickstart and you actually need someone pushing you, get the right strategy in place and doing this consistently, then definitely go check out this video on the channel. It is about 30 to 40 minutes, but I promise you, you're going to walk away with some value, especially because I break down how we help clients to actually go and do the exact same thing I've just talked about. Now, when it comes to median house and unit pricing, we've always established that capital cities are more expensive than regional areas. And what we can see here is exactly that. When we look at popular markets like say Western Australia, you can pick up a house in regional Western Australia for about 460 and a unit for about 325. But in the actual capital city, you're looking at 590 and 406. So you can see the prices are slightly higher. As you go into the larger capital cities being Sydney and Melbourne, you can see in Sydney, the average home is now $1.4 million and a unit average price is $770,000. When you compare that to regional New South Wales, you're looking at an average house price of 740,000 and then you've got units at 576,000. The same story for Melbourne versus regional Victoria. You see the prices much higher in these capital cities versus their regional counterpart. Now, what we've got here is the year on year change in dwelling prices to June, 2023. Now, I'm not sure when you're watching this, but this data is always lagged. So you've got to keep in mind that any sort of data set that you see, some will be trying to capture live data. So you're effectively getting data from like two or three months ago. This is why it's very important that if you are looking at specific markets, you're going in there individually talking to these agents, you're going out talking to pest and build inspectors, and you're also making relationships with local business owners. The reason that one is so important is because they know stuff around what are people spending on? Why are they spending? Have they slowed down? What sort of new developments are coming? And that really gives you some perspective around which areas to avoid and which areas to definitely go for. Now, what you can see here is prices have started to move around in many capital cities. You've got Sydney there recording 1%, but then once you start getting into Adelaide and get into Perth, you've got not only their capital city markets, but their regional market not only growing, but they're outperforming the capital city counterparts. Of course, on the flip side, you've got other things like in Sydney, you're growing, but the rest of New South Wales being regional New South Wales is still much lower in terms of pricing than they were 12 months ago. Now, what this does do is it provides us perspective where prices have been and over the last 10 years, how prices perform when we're in favorable terms, when it comes to credit lending and when things aren't going our way and how that performs as well. What's interesting to note is that all of these markets have markets within those markets. And this is where it can get very confusing. If you're simply looking at Sydney and saying, well, it went up by 1%, but the house across the street sold for 10% more than it did last year, something doesn't make sense. And the reason it doesn't is because within this market, you've got hundreds of other markets. Within those markets, you've got suburbs, you've got LGAs. Within those, you've got some streets that will outperform, some streets that won't. And then even on that same street, you've got some houses that will outperform other houses and it gets very nitty gritty. That's why I get scared when people make out real estate investing like super easy and like, yeah, you can jump in and do it. Yeah, you might do well over like 30 years. But if you have the chance to purchase maybe five properties in your entire lifetime, do you not want to optimize what you buy? Because you only get that one chance at that age to be able to go and pick out the right property. And I can tell you now, based on my own personal experience, if you purchase the right property and it grows by two or 3% higher than a dud property, it's going to make the world a difference when it comes to growing out the rest of your portfolio. Now, this graph here is the average inquiry per listing capital cities versus regional markets. Now, one would assume that in the blue, obviously being regional and capital cities being in the red, one would assume that your capital cities are going to get more inquiries. That's just normal because that's what people look at when they're coming from overseas. They're going to go, well, I may not necessarily know a regional center, but I definitely know what Sydney is. And that's why the inquiries are much higher. Visually, it's interesting to see the difference between the two. But again, the trends are following pretty much equally. The only notable difference was when affordability was a concern at the height of the market for capital cities, you can see that actual inquiries in regional areas started 
started going higher later on. It's similar to how Bitcoin peaks and then altcoins follow. But again, I'm not gonna get into crypto here because you guys think it's a scam. <laughs> Now migration is driving regional property markets a lot higher. The regional areas for the best property prospects are again enjoying an influx of migration. Capital to regional migration has risen 7.9%, its third highest in the past five years with more people moving to the regions coming from Sydney, which accounted for 90% of all net capital outflows, according to the Regional Movers Index that is in partnership between Commonwealth Bank and the Regional Australia Institute. Net outflows from Melbourne also rose significantly from 44% to 51%. In the 12 months to March 23. However, in Perth and Brisbane, it proved popular for movers, recording net inflows of 26 and 24% respectively. Across the board, regional Victoria and Queensland were key destination for capital city movers, accounting for 43% and 29% share of net outflows respectively in the 12 months to March 2023. And this again is largely driven by affordability. So if you look at a market like Sydney and say, okay, I've got a budget for $800,000. Now, $800,000 in a desired area is most likely going to get you a two bedroom apartment. So you go, okay, I can get a two bedroom apartment or I could probably move about two or three hours outside of Sydney now that I can work from home or I can find work in that specific spot. With the same amount of money, I could probably buy a four bedroom house on a 600 square meter block. Now that gives me more choice. And given how affordability is such a concern now more than ever, you've also got kids staying a lot longer with their parents to save on a lot of money. Just before the pandemic, you had a lot of young people moving out of home. And then as soon as the pandemic hit, they got lonely. Some actually lost jobs. So they started moving in back with their parents. Now that we've got a housing crisis and the cost of living crisis, we've had a lot of people move back in with parents to save to try and get ahead. Unfortunately, inflation is absolutely kicking our ass, but the latest CPI data has suggested that the economy is slowing down a lot faster than most predicted. And this is exactly what I was saying is that, yes, I think we're going to start turning the inflation narrative very quickly and soon the deflationary problem is going to be more of a concern come 2024. Now, a lot of this analysis is very surface level. It is looking at the macro when it comes to like different regions, but we really haven't covered off exact numbers and how that would affect you if you were purchasing an investment property today. So instead of making this like an hour long video, I thought we should do a part two and we should get my whiteboard out, but I will only make that video if you really want it. So in the comments down below, let me know part two whiteboard and I'll definitely make that video next on this channel. If you guys have enjoyed this video, smash that like button, subscribe if you haven't already, and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks guys.